How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! If there ever was a point in time that I questioned who the audience for WOW is, this episode answered all of that. Answered that question completely. Uh, How you doing, folks? This is Mr. Green. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for listening to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with me, as I just gave you my name a second ago. And we are on... Episode 46 of WOW, they are closing in on their year. And this episode is titled, When Opportunity Knocks. So, we're going to go through the hour of the program and we're going to see what exactly happened and, and how it attaches or connects to the things that it should be connected to, quite honestly. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through that a, a step at a time. Uh, If you are so kind, we'll say this up at the top, Uh, I would appreciate anybody that is going to go and hit that subscribe button, Uh, if you're on YouTube particularly, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification so you know when these things release or any other thing that uh, the Women's Pro Wrestling Network does. Um, You also can subscribe to our podcast on greater podcast platforms, did I say class podcast platforms you can subscribe there and you know you can get the show and you will be notified uh anytime that the show is uploaded and releases if you cannot follow all of that then go to wpnwrestling.com that's wpnwrestling.com and it is the connecting point the nexus if you will for everything that is uh being provided by the women's processing network so you can uh, just pop on over there and that would be an easy way to get through everything. And of course, you know, you got uh, you know the social media platforms that you can find on there as well. Facebook and uh, I guess X now since we, we can't call it Twitter. Um, and also Instagram. So thank you for that. For, for whomever decides to like, hey, you know what? I'm going to support this guy. So that'd be great. <laughs> All right. So we're, let's go into the show. WoW has a format. I've mentioned this before, so there's no surprise here. Every once in a while, they break it. Uh, probably two times in the course of the year that I can recall. But every once in a while, they'll, they'll change it up. Uh, in this particular case, it is not. It is the same that they always is. Not not necessarily a bad thing. Just saying that, you know, this is a statement of fact. Uh, the opening segment is a recap of last week's main event. As it typically is. It's, it's usually a... Uh, this is what happened last week, and they go over what was in the main event. The rest of the show was, generally speaking, not a uh, important component in their recap. 
but they talk about Penelope Pink and Vicky Lynn McCoy taking on Princess Ozzy and Candy Crush. Assumably, that will lead into some sort of um, championship confrontation, perhaps with Princess Ozzy uh, going against, uh, going for the title since they tried to make it sound like she was chasing it for forever, even though she never did that. She might have had a shot at the title, but chasing it, uh, not so much. Uh, once they got past that, then we go to a preview of the tag team main event for the tag team championship. So we got two weeks in a row where the tag teams are the main event of the program. And I guess the bulk of the program, if we're really looking at it. Um, first match, second segment, is Gigi Gianni and Robbie Rocket taking on the Tonga Twins. Now, the first thing that I noticed when I see Gigi Gianni coming out here with a whole new partner was my note was, where is Amber Rodriguez? This is Gianni's third partner since being in WoW, and she has not had luck with any of them. Uh, Gianni and Gambino, is uh, that's, that was the original team, and then it moved over to Gianni and Amber Rodriguez. Assumably now we have Gigi Gianni and Robbie Rocket. I, again, I don't know where she's going with this. The best version of the team that she had was Gigi Gianni and, and, and uh, Adriana Gambino. Rodriguez was pretty good too, although they never really won a match. I think they, they got one win under their belt as a team. And neither one of these departures has been explained, at least not by Gianni. It's always been, you know, the commentators like, oh yeah, she left her high and dry and this, you know, the... I guess Gigi Gianni is just a mute. She didn't know how to speak. Didn't know the English language. Can't open her mouth and say anything or, or illustrate her own points. I, I, I just imagine that she just doesn't have any ability to communicate her feelings whatsoever. I mean, two, two partners have allegedly left her and she hasn't said one word about it. So, I mean, this is... This is another one of those wild things. It, it happened. Rodriguez isn't there, and there's no explanation given. Uh, it just appears to be like another random team kind of thrown together for, for no apparent reason, just just to kind of fill the space and get them a, a – let's just call it for what it is. Get the Tonka Twins a win. That's that, that pretty much what that was. It's just let's get them a win. You know that they, they need to keep padding the uh, the stats so that they can justify them remaining in the top position for for titles. Uh, Gianni and Rocket seem to be fine as, as a pairing, but in the, in this particular instance, their task was to get bounced around. That that was largely the uh, the, the job here. No no pun intended. But yeah, I mean, it was largely just to get bounced around. If I were doing a comparative thing, I mean, it'd be like the uh, the APA, Simmons and Bradshaw, you know, beating up everybody in their path or or the Chronic and WCW. I mean, we don't really have a lot of just bruiserweight teams like that anymore. But yeah, just, just like that. that. That would be the Tonga Twins here. And they would just be smashing and beating up on whoever's in their path. Uh, Gianni and Rocket not being an exception to the rule. Uh, they did fine as a heel team. 
there was a point in time where they they I guess got the numbers advantage or at least the distraction where one of the the, the Tongans we'll call her chaos in this point was distracted by Robbie Rocket and Gianna clipped the, the knee that didn't really do anything to her but then it turned her around so Robbie could do something so then, then they was able to get some nice uh, tag team tandem maneuvers in there but we all know how that worked out at some point chaos is able to break free she gets the, the tag off to Kona Kona comes in and starts beating up everybody you know and and then they set this up for the finish that, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the extent of it they got them both in the ring them being Robbie Rocket and Gigi Gianni both of them was set down in a corner and so we got double hip attacks one thing I do notice about this is that the referees don't even pretend like they are trying to enforce rules this kind of stands over there in the corner just he talks aloud and say hey stop doing that and get out the ring and that, that but there's like no authority in this guy he just <laughs> just allows them to do what it is they're doing and he as the referee has to look like an idiot because he can't control what's going on in the ring whatsoever so whatever five counts of Hey, you got to get in and out before five or you get disqualified. That is out the window completely. So, uh, in any case, uh, just getting back to the, the finish of the match, like I said, they, they allowed him to be all four players to be in the ring. Uh, Gianna gets tossed out. One of the uh, Tongas pick up Robbie Rocket. Then they do their, their finish, which is a Samoan drop with a neck breaker combination. One, two, three, Robbie Rock is down for the count, and we got the Tonga Twins with another victory, and they cut a promo after the match, and it's pretty much the same promo they always give. We are you know, the Tonga Twins. We're coming for the titles, yada, yada, yada. Um, nothing wrong with it, you know, and I shouldn't say it like that because there's nothing wrong with the promo. Uh, they're actually decent promos, and they put a lot of passion into what they're saying. It's just the same thing that I have critiqued everybody on here i mean very few people do anything different but it's the same thing i critiqued everybody on here about is is rinse and repeat as far as what they're saying let's get back up there and talk about how you know we we supposed to be the champions and we're coming for the titles and miami sweet heat we're gonna get you and that's been basically their promo for months it's been essentially the same thing for months not four months not F-O-U-R, not four, for months, like five, six, seven months out. This, this is how long this has carried on. Remember, the Tonga Twins were the finalists against Miami Sweet Heat. That was almost a year ago. Almost. I mean, it's probably about nine. I mean, if I'm going off the top of my head. Right now, it's probably about nine months into that, or you know, eight or nine months into that. But other than that, I mean, really, this it is has been that is the bulk of their feud. Is we coming for you? You know, they got one match, but that's that pretty much it. So it's it's uh, it's same second verse, same as first. Um, <clears throat> next segment we have Team Spirit doing a promo. 
basically saying, and, and the commentators have gone into this, basically saying they've been on some sort of winning streak. And I'm like, okay, what, what winning streak has Team Spirit been on? Now, granted, now just, just follow me here. Just follow me. We are not talking about uh, Coach Campanelli and Randy Rara. They have had a you know fairly good run as a tag team, which only serves to remind me, like, why did they add a third person anyway? Um, but we're not talking about that combination. We're talking about this new combination of Ra-Ra and Ariel Sky. Where was this winning streak? As far as I know, they haven't won at all. They did win with Coach Campanelli in a six-person tag, but the team of Team Spirit as a duo has not had any great success. It, it would be like saying the difference between, uh, I don't know, um, Axe and Smash versus uh, Smash and Crush. Axe and Smash were very successful. Smash and Crush, not so much. Uh, or you could say, you know, SoCal Uncensored. That was another one where they transitioned one guy out and moved someone else in. And that was uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Then they moved in Scorpio Sky. Now they did win tag team championships, you know, as SVU. And but uh, did I say SVU? SCU, SCU, SoCal Uncensored. Um, but yeah, they did win the, the, the tag team championships. But after that, that team just went down the drain. So we're, we're addressing them as two different entities. And as this entity, Team Spirit has not won. It is just another case of the commentator saying stuff just to say stuff. So that was the note that I had here. What winning streak and win? And then we move on to the other side of that story. The side of the story where Lana Starr has said publicly on this television show no one gets a title shot unless I pick them first. Or you can go to the other side of that with Vicky Lynn saying no one gets goes <clears throat> against the champions unless they go through me. Well, neither one of those things happened. Team Spirit didn't have to beat Vicky Lynn and some combination of somebody, somebody else. And Lana Star certainly did not pick them. I mean, I know they tried to... to uh, make it sound good at the end. I mean, they, they, they did do some voiceover to try to explain something, but it, it's, it's another one of those cases of you are really grasping at straws to try to make this make sense. Um, so we go to the next match, which is Foxy Fierce and BK Rhythm. Oh, sorry, not the next match, the next uh, segment, which is Foxy Fierce and BK Rhythm. They have a backstage interaction to set up the match, and this is, is about as basic a dialogue as you can have. This is, hey, remember I beat you back in the day? Well, you can't do it now. All right, well, let's have a match. That's pretty much it. And damn, Foxy, I, I like her as a wrestler, and I, and I know that she's doing her job. She's doing a, you know, a fine job of it. But, man, the management needs to do something with her. And I don't necessarily mean that she got to go on some winning streak or win the championship or nothing like that. She has no personality. She's another one. The only difference that she from somebody like Americana, which I say Americana has been a block of wood as far as that show is concerned. She just 
She's not good in front of the camera. I hope she gets better, but she's not good in front of that camera. Foxy Fierce is on the opposite side of it. She has personality, and she and she has a lovely smile, but that is what she's been kind of minimized to, is smile and dance. And that's it. We really know nothing else about Foxy Fierce Beyond that, she smiles a lot and she dances. There's been no motivation as to why, you know, she, she wants this match. There's been no motivation as to why she takes any other match. There's no motivation as to why she tags with Chantilla Cella other than the fact that they both dance together. There's been no motivation as to why she's on the roster. There's been no motivation as to why she even has a residency in WOW. She's just... Smiling, dancing, foxy, fierce. This is what I have said about WoW for some weeks now. And it's not just her. I'm just bringing her up because, because she's in this next match to be reviewed. But it's not just her. It is a plethora of people that's on that roster whose only personality trait is the thing that you see when they walk out there. BK Rhythm has headphones and she does a rap of some description before the match starts. And that's pretty much where that starts and stops with her. She's not any better than Foxy Fierce as far as her personality is concerned on this show. That's all she does. And that backstage segment didn't do anything to help that. I mean, it, this was a time that they could have had some kind of interaction with each other or, or developed some kind of personal issue, but it was, it was pretty literally... I'm gonna beat you tonight. Well, you didn't do it last time. Well, not tonight. I'm not. I'm not losing this time. And that was it. Nothing else besides that. They, and they just moved. It, they, and that would have been fine had they had some sort of verbal exchange before or something like this. But even with this, even with this, they are acknowledging a match that probably took place well into six or seven months ago. This this thing that Foxy Fierce is this this victory that she's sitting on, like, well, you know, I beat you the last time. When was that match taken? When did that even happen? That was that was almost a complete year back. So what is that? Why are you resting on the the idea? Well, I beat you back in September. So whenever that was, because it it has been such a long time to why would any fan that is watching this view this as some sort of rivalry like they're trying to sell it as they try to they being the commentators the commentators position this match between the two of them as if there was some sort of series of matches between them or you know they they had some sort of rivalry but none of that happened. I mean, it, they had a match, and that that was basically it. They had a match. Why? Why is this somehow some sort of big victory for for Fox Fierce? I mean, now granted, she hasn't won a lot, so I guess any win that you get is a good is a good win. But you know, I'm really curious now. I'm really curious. How far back 
this uh, original match took place. Uh, you know what? Let, let's let's take a look here. Let, let's take a look. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a couple of notes. I'm gonna gonna try to uh, shoot through some of these really really quick because I cannot believe that this was anywhere close to present day. Uh, and and they don't have enough of a heated rivalry that you can get back to somebody that was you know four, five, six months ago, whatever the case may be. Like it, that that's that's not happening. Uh, it's, it's not like Flair and Steamboat where they they could literally come back to each other almost at any given time, and they're like, hey, it's. I still got an issue to settle with you. Like we're we're not quite there with them, not quite. Sorry to disappoint you know the the fans of BK Rhythm and Foxy Fierce. But as I do that, we're gonna go into the match itself. Now, keep in mind the matches is a this is a cold match, and that seems to be the um. I don't. It's not the running joke. I mean, but that seems to be the running theme with about three-fourths of the matches on these shows is that they've become just kind of matches. They don't really have any real significance as far as where we're going or what we're doing or, you know, what what angle this is going to be presenting later on or what. None of those things seem to matter. They just, you know, they they just had a match. The main event usually has something behind it, but... And you might get one other one. But outside of that, I mean, the, the main event is the only thing that you can more or less count on that has some level of angle, storyline, or continuity attached to it, even if the continuity is weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks apart. Because that happens quite a bit. All right, so the match kicks off. And we do the normal thing. BK Rhythm comes out. She has her microphone and she cuts one on, uh, cuts a promo or rap. I mean, I'm hesitant to say rap, but I mean, I, and I like BK, but I, I'm really hesitant to say that. You know that that probably only really works in in that audience. It is BK Rhythm is like somebody who wanted to write for John Cena but did not understand the concept as to why he was doing that rap to begin with. It's just like, oh, yeah, he did it, so let her do it. And and it's like they'd have no rhyme or reason as to why Cena was doing that initially. The whole point was is that he was the white dude that portrayed himself as having street cred until he grew into it. And I know that's a lot of people that forgot that at this point. That was the reason why he was in there with feuds against people who could present themselves with street cred initially, like Eddie Guerrero and Rikishi. As that went on and he got better at it and people started enjoying the, th- the stuff that he was saying, then, you know, he was the doctor of thugonomics. But none of those things have happened for uh, BK. BK Rhythm just does some lines. <laughs> I probably should rephrase that. <laughs> she- Somebody can hear that and think about the wrong thing. All right, she 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 drops some bars, 
You know, right? She drops the bars on her opponent, and then she moves on. It did. It really leads to nothing. It's just you know, it's just something to do. But the match in and of itself was fine. Uh, Fierce does better than I probably initially gave her credit for. She has very good athleticism. Um, I, I honestly think that rhythm does good with most of the people that she's in the ring with. Uh, very talented. Probably the reason that she's in the ring with a lot of people is that, that you know, just provide good matches because I think she's very capable of providing good matches. Uh <laughs> But the question is, is that will she advance or does she want to advance? I don't think either one of these two have any uh, forward momentum. They're just kind of spinning their wheels within a while and as a means to, to you know, be on TV. So at some point, Rhythm gets the advantage in what looks like it might have been a botch by Foxy Fierce. She charged in and just went towards the rope. Uh, regardless of what Rhythm did. But if it was a botch, I want to say the editors might have saved this whole thing because it's, it's hard to tell whether she just screwed up or not. Uh, but it didn't matter because Rhythm, you know, this is the point of the match where BK Rhythm gets her uh, momentum and she starts to control. We can fast forward down to the end of the match. Because that's, you know, probably the most important thing here. It's, it's, I wish I could tell you that it was some stellar contest between the two. It wasn't quite that as good, and I, you know, and I don't tell anybody to to avoid it. It, it is that match is actually good. It's just not a uh, oh man, this is a bomb burn. You have to see. It. It's not that. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> there's a point in the match where BK Rhythm charges into the turnbuckles to try to catch uh, Foxy Pierce. Fierce gets a show some athleticism. She leapfrogs over her. I wouldn't call it necessarily leapfrog because she did it in reverse, but we'll, we'll call it for leap, a leapfrog for lack of better term. And she gets uh, BK Rhythm up into a compromise position on the top rope. She tries to do a handstand head scissors, looks like. We, we'll assume that. Rhythm is able to block it. She kicks her off. She gets down, catches her in the full Nelson, and drops her in whatever they call this this finishing move this day, like drop the mic or whatever. So one, two, three, BK Rhythm wins, and she can continue on her um, relative winning ways, even though she, she probably gets one victory out of every five that she's on TV. So there we have it. BK Rhythm wins the match. And they can uh, move on. Foxy Fierce can reclaim her position as the uh, jobber to the stars, I guess. I have no idea whether she has any desire to advance or become a, a bigger name, but I don't know if, if Wild was going to do that for her. It doesn't it didn't feel that way. It feels like she's spinning her wheels. And that's probably the nicest way I could put it. But she is very athletic. She has she has a really good look. I just I really think, along with a lot of other people, Foxy Fierce needs to be able to illustrate who she is. And I don't mean that as a cue for them to start running them uh, sit down interview spots again. I mean let her actually get out there, get a microphone in her hand, 
and say it was on a mind every once in a while. You know, that that can work wonders, believe it or not. Uh they they had good chemistry and it, but it's a shame that it was wasted on a match that means nothing. That that's my final thoughts on on that. Next segment was a recap of the Mother Trucker storyline and Wild tries to explain uh the relationship between Lopez and uh, Sophia Lopez and Lana Starr doesn't make any sense. Um, so the recap here is this. The, you know, they, they talked about the mother truckers having their truck stolen and driven from Los Angeles to Tennessee for some reason. Apparently by Samantha Smart or one of her hoodlums. They did suggest that it was G.I. Jane at one point that drove the truck and then, they, then that just kind of went away. So they recapped them catching the bus, going all the way out to Tennessee, getting their truck back, and then being arrested for some reason or another that wasn't explained what the charges were, why they was in jail, or where they was in jail. Uh, And the solution that they came up with to get them out of this situation was, let's call Sophia Lopez, because she's the only attorney in the world. So Lopez apparently flies out from Los Angeles to wherever, they to parts unknown, she arranges to get them out. Now, we're going to avoid the logistics of, of being arrested or whatever the case may be uh, because we don't need to talk about whether they, they probably should just have hired a bails bondsman to get them out and pay the fine. I mean, because they, they were going to, in a real-world scenario, they were going to be there unless, unless they posted bail, Right? In a real world scenario, they probably could have gotten to the on the phone and Googled lawyers in this city <laughs> to, to find somebody if they just had that. Clearly, they had some money, or, or they did. Driving a truck pays well, so they should have some money. And I don't know why they're still driving the truck anyway. Aren't they wild superheroes? Isn't that supposed to be the job? Anyway, I don't I don't need to dig too deep in that. So uh, <clears throat> Sophia Lopez comes out. She gets him out of jail, and, and you owe me one. Right, that that was what they left it with. That she did this as a favor, and that the truckers owe Sophia Lopez. And I remember when this took place, I said, "Okay, what favor are they going to owe?" Because you would think that they would be indebted to her, or you're going to give me a title shot. You know, if you earn one, that belongs to me now, or we're going to give it to Los Bandidos, something. You know. And not for nothing, those ideas that I just came up with off the top of my head make much more sense than what they did. So anyway, uh, they get posted or they get released. They come back. They they clear out the uh, the feud with Samantha Smart. And then while well, they have a match against Miami's Sweet Heat, <laughs> yes, like I, I I'm not sure what they lost here. I mean, it, is it me? If Sophia Lopez, the heel manager, gets someone out of jail and leaves and says, okay, I'm going to get you out, but you're going to owe me one. I would think that that would lend itself towards they're going to have to do something that they don't want to do. I would think that that didn't happen 
But you would think that it would kind of lead in that direction. As it was, and I, I know I'm recapping a lot of stuff, about three weeks ago, the Mother Truckers had their match with Miami Sweet Heat in a non-title match, and the Mother Truckers won, which solidified their spot or their claim on wanting a title match. I'm not sure how this helps Sofia Lopez. What exactly do they owe? I mean, it was like they were rewarded. And I know I said that before in another podcast, but it's like they were rewarded for getting in jail. They're like, hey, I got you out. So now you had this match against uh, Miami Sweet Heat, and they said it on the show. They had the commenters like Lopez and, and Star arranged. I was like, what? The, why? For what reason would Lana Star accept that? For what reason would Sofia Lopez give them the match when she's representing Los Banditas? They should be getting the match to try to get a title shot. But, you know, sometimes there just isn't room for logic. Uh, the next segment is an ad for next week's show, advertising number one contenders match. You know, I just, I, I would, I'm just hoping that they follow through. Next match, Siren, the Voodoo Doll, and the Holiday taking on the Mother Truckers. Uh, this is what I was talking about at the beginning. When I said that if there's any sign that this show was made for children, this match here is the absolute sign that this was made for kids. I don't care what time of night this comes on. I I, I used to be in debate about it. Because I was saying, all right, they, they present like they want, you know, kids to watch the show and whatnot, but the show in its best time slot across the country would be on at 10 o'clock. And that that's at best. I doubt that it does that because uh, you have a lot of local news in, in different areas. But that's a best case scenario. Next to that, they will be coming on at 11 at night, on a Saturday night. Now, yeah, granted your kids can stay up like that, but that's not typically the audience that you're looking for at that time. But when we see the time slot aside, when we see and hear the things like we hear in this match, I, I am completely convinced. I was like, yeah, yeah, they're not making this for, for any adult male. No, they're not. They, uh, you know, there, there's a demographic that a lot of people, you know, the AEW and the WWE, that, you know, there's a, Demo that they try to hit and they try to garner, they, which is basically about 18 to 35. Probably off on a couple of years, but that's generally speaking what they're aiming for. Hence why the shows are built the way they're built. This here. Oh, boy. Hearing these commentators just carry on about, hey, this is the mother truckers. Honk, 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 honk. Holy cow, that was just annoyingly bad. I it's, the only thing <laughs> that the only thing that was good that came from that is that it seemed like AJ Mendez went out of her way to avoid saying it. Like David McLean did it, and of course that meant Stephen Dickey had to do it. But yeah, that that whole that honk honk honk, you know, I mean, no, 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 no. Oh my gosh, no. 
that right there, I was like, no, no commentator would sit there and do that and try to aim this towards adult males or adults, period. This is the sign. This is made for kids. And reinforcing that is just looking out at the show and looking in the crowd and looking at ringside. It looks like a bunch of parents that brought their kids there who really don't want to be there, but the kids are enjoying it, so we got to enjoy it too. That's what it's starting to look like. Didn't look like that initially, but every every episode that goes by is like I look at it in front row and I just see a line of children. And I think that is pretty much all they're aiming for at this point. So Big Rick Betty starts off this match for the Mother Truckers, and you know, you know what happens here. If you've seen the Mother Truckers or uh wow with them at any given point. Big Rick Betty is the muscle. She's the, she's the cleanup. Holly Swag moves around with the speed, but she's also the one that takes the, the bumps and catches a lot of the, the flack and gets beat up. That is her position. She takes the bumps and she gets the heat. So at some point, this Holiday taking on Holly Swag, they do some spots that show that Holiday is far superior in strength as Swag tries to get her twice with the arm drag is unable to do it. Um, she tries to, well, I'm going to say she might have tried to go uh, tilt the world into a DDT, her being swag. Uh, but her speed gets her to avoid whatever it is that uh, Holiday was attempting to do. So, I mean, it's not surprising at all to see Holly swag, or if you see her on the indies, Holly Hood, wrestling this well it's not that it's not surprising to see siren or holiday or big rick betty it's not surprising to see any of the four wrestling well or applying logic to their match just because it is something that they do all the time is not make it nonsensical because holly swag would be the one that gets tossed around she will be the one that has to take the bump she is the smallest in the ring so they have to treat it that way and the times that she has gotten a one-up on either Siren or Holiday, it was because of her speed. It was because she outmaneuvered them. It was because she was quicker, smarter, faster. Well, you know, however you want to put it, but you know, they they worked this uh, the way it should be. And again, considering the participants in the match, it is not surprising at all. So all the swag goes through this match. She's taking the punishment. She's doing what she can to kick out, avoid the pinfalls, et cetera, et cetera. And we get down to where, you know, she has to make the hot tag. And you know that that is going to come at some point in time because that is the way the mother trucker match goes. She catches uh, Siren or a.k.a. Nina Monet in the DDT, drops her. Siren tries to uh, get over to her partner. Holly Swag is struggling to get over to hers. She gets the tag, and thank goodness, thank goodness that they did not do the old let's both reach up and tag at the same time as slowly as humanly possible. I thought they were going to do it, but they didn't. What actually happened is Swag crawled over, even though Siren was crawling to her partner at the same time. Swag made the tag. Siren sees it and then she gets up to try to cut off Big Rick Betty. And of course, that's when Big Rick comes in and she starts doing what Big Rick Betty does. She is uh, 
delivering the the, the thunder, short on clothesline, sidewalk, not sidewalk, side rushing leg sweep. <clears throat> Holiday stops the uh, the pin. The mother truckers both get in there. And they you know they make sure that the not the floor. I was gonna say that the battlefield was clear. She or at least she tried. Holly Swag gets caught in a big spine bus and gets put out. But then we have the uh, the good old oops, I hit your spot. Siren. Well, let's set this up. Holiday after the spine buster on Holly Swag. Swag rolls out of the ring. She then gets a uh, hooks up big rig Betty, and that's so Siren can come in and give her a forearm shot to the face. Well, of course, Big Rig moves out of the way. The forearm shot goes errant. It hits Holiday, which knocks her out of the ring. Siren doesn't know what to do, but she turns around and she catches a stunner, even though the stunner comes up with a honk-honk thing that the, uh, you know, you got to do the, the trucker horn deal. Hits her with a stunner, pins her one, two, three, and uh, Mother Truckers win clean. So... You got everybody out in the ring. Well, now everybody out ringside, smacking their thunderclappers together. Which I'm sure that you know that they're told like, "Hey, smack these things together. It looks good on TV." <clears throat> it it was it was fine, and more importantly than that, they did something here that I felt like, and I still feel like, they should do more often. The truckers actually cut a promo specific to Miami Heat, Miami Sweet Heat, and the Tag Team Championship. It normally, you know, I've, I've said, and you could go back and listen to any number of them, that they have these promos that are fine, but they're just generic. It's just repeat the, you know, the same talking points. We're the Fabulous Four, we're the tight, we're the champions, nobody can beat us. We're the Tonga Twins. We're you know we're the best tag team. We're coming for the titles. It's you know it's a lot of rinse and repeat, and it's and it's very vague where you could drop those promos pretty much on any program. Here, the truckers identified their objective and the persons they wanted to wrestle. They said specifically, we don't want them, and you know we're we're done with these weirdos. They just beat the you know Siren and Holiday. We don't want these weirdos. We want to go after the titles. And I'm like, and I'm listening to them say, this is good. This is good. It's about time that somebody actually said something that meant something. And this meant something. It's like, okay. They actually want to go after the championships. And they know who they want to get in. They said something about their opponents getting out of the ring. Like, Look, we're done with that. We just beat them. Well, don't, don't be giving us that number. We want a title shot. Now, the promo did go a little bit off track. I, I think uh, Big Rick Betty kind of might have got her words fumbled up a bit. Because she said, they, you know, uh, Miami Sweet Heat won one and they won one. We don't care. We'll take it three out of three. I was like, well, that that's not how that works. She probably meant to say, we'll take best two out of three or, you know, or something like that. Uh, so I, I hope this goes somewhere. I really do, but time will tell because as far as while following up on things and being consistent with it, I do lose a little bit of faith with them every once in a while, but this particular match, it was a good job and a good job on all four uh, participants. The next segment was Miami's sweet heat 
cutting a promo. Uh, this team is consistent in cutting promos on their opponents. This, this is another thumbs up segment. Uh, they probably have done more promo work on something. Now, I don't know whether th- these things are written out for them verbatim or whether they're given the luxury of saying, okay, here's what you're supposed to talk about. So get your thoughts together and go do it. But they actually get the chance, much like I said about the mother truckers, to cut a promo specific to the person. And that is also good. Truth be told, Miami's sweet heat at this stage of their wild tenure is probably the MVPs of wow. They've given more promos. They probably worked more main events. They've defended the championship probably more than anybody in WoW's history, singular or tag team. I I would have to go back and double check it, but I mean, I I really don't know of anybody, certainly more than anybody in the beginning stages of that show back in 2000. They've defended easily more than Terry Gold or caged heat and no offense to either one of them they've probably defended i'm sure they defended more than lana star at this point and definitely more than danger uh who else was tagging the probably more than Amer- the american sweethearts or whatever they were santana garrett and uh amber o'neill that, that other than the beast the beast probably is the only act person that could argue that point but even if they you know even if that were the case the Beast isn't here, they are, and they've put in a lot of time and effort in making Miami's Sweet Heat a reasonable team. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the logic that goes on around them sometimes, but they do their job. So this was them giving their, their promo, and they did a, a fine job with it. I mean, yeah, are they, are they a little over the top with it at times? Sure. But at least they get a chance to do it. Uh, this segment also has a, a flip side. It has uh, Coach Campanelli giving a pep talk to Team Spirit. This is still a Three Stooges dynamic. And, and that is honestly the best way that I can describe this, this trio. It's the Three Stooges. You got the lead boss, the lead bossy boss. Listen to me, do what I tell you to do, don't question, which is Coach Campanelli, who is, in this scenario, she is Mo. The other two are interchangeable. Larry and Curly, Larry and Shemp, Larry and Joe, Larry and Curly, pick, take a pick. But Randy Rara and Ariel Sky are the other two stooges to Campanelli's Mo. They are just there, I mean, can they do good matches? Yeah. Or decent matches? Yeah. But when they do anything talking-wise, Ra-Ra and Ariel Sky are just presented as complete morons with the intelligence level of a five-year-old. So, yeah, that's what this is. But it, but that's what this segment was. It's just setting up the main event, Sweet Heat, then Team Spirit, and they moved on. It's, uh, <clears throat> good promos. Or I should say... Good promo, but sounds scripted out of Miami Sweet Heat. But again, 
I I take that rather than them just giving generic stuff. So we go to the main event. It would be Team Spirit, as represented by Ariel Sky and Randy Rara, taking on Miami's Sweet Heat for the Tag Team Championships. When did Team Spirit have to get through Vicky Lynn McCoy? Just, just out of curiosity. At what point did they have to earn this spot to go after the Tag Team Championships? I'm uh, pretty sure they did. So, the heels come out first, which probably should have been a dead giveaway for something. Because Generally speaking, the champions come out secondary. Generally. Uh, but in this case, Miami Sweet Heat comes out first, and then they're followed by Team Spirit. And why did that happen exactly? Because Team Spirit had to get jumped at the beginning. That, that's pretty much what that came down to. We needed needed the means to set up the, the attack at the beginning, and that's what they did. Team Spirit comes in. As soon as their backs are turned and the, and the ref holds up the uh, championship belts, and he is out of the way, they get attacked. That That's where that started. <clears throat> so the heels kick things off. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I wrote this note in here. It's like, why does, how did Team Spirit have a title match? <laughs> which which I, I guess I just asked, but it, it does bear repeating. How did they have a title match? What number one contendership did they win? They just formed themselves as a team. And then aren't they supposed to go through Vicky Lynn and, and somebody? Aren't they supposed to be approved by Lana Star? This is maybe the biggest complaint that I have with WoW is that they they are very inconsistent to their own rules of their own universe. Uh, at the beginning of the match, they isolate Randy Rara, but Rara somehow gets the chance to scoot out of the corner and uh, make a tag to Ariel Sky, although... It looked like that had been. It might have been a little bit of miscommunication, but it, you know it's fine. Ariel Sky, uh, very athletic young lady. I don't know if she is completely ready to be in their national broadcast. Not because she's bad. I just think that she probably needs a little bit more experience under her uh, so that she looks like she's comfortable and confident in what she's doing and how she's doing it. And rather than, you know, uh, just going through the motions in some cases, which it sometimes it looks like that, uh, she could have the psychology of what she's doing down so they could, you know, present better. So, uh, Miami's Sweet Heat cuts Ariel Sky off, and she becomes the sacrificial lamb in this particular equation. She, you know, gets gets beat up and you know double teamed and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's points in this where she does look inexperienced, and that's not a knock on her. I, she she just looks like there are portions of the match where she is thinking about something else or kind of gets lost or, again, like I said, there might be a little bit of mixed signal, one of which was when they had her in the corner, Miami Sweet Heat, and uh, 
I think this is Lindsay. But she's trying to do the old foot choke in the corner. But when she puts Ariel Sky in face first, she doesn't turn around. She stays there facing out towards the crowd. She doesn't feed her throat to uh, Lindsay so that she can do it. So what she has to do, she being Lindsay, she has to use her foot to kind of hook the arm of Ariel Sky and turn her so that she can do it. So, so she didn't allow the spot to be busted, but she had to kind of turn her a bit so that uh, what they were going to do worked. So good on her, you know, good on uh, Lindsay, and and that's another team. Now, if you saw them when they was wrestling on the Indies before, now you you might be like, that is not the same team that they that's on Wild today. But that's what it takes. It takes sometimes for you to you know get some experience. So you know what you're doing, not just physically, but psychologically. <clears throat> and I think a lot of them do, which is why I advocate for, you know, the, the girls, whether they're wild originals or not. I, that's why I advocate for them to take gigs on the indies so that they can pick up extra stuff. There, there's something to be said for learning in a warehouse or in a school or whatever, but there's also something to be said for real-world experience. And this is one of those cases of real-world experience. Uh, one of the things that took place here that was that looked like it was a little bit of a botch is um, Ariel Sky is being double-teamed by both members of Sweet Heat. She ducks underneath a double clothesline and catches them with a uh, high cross body, which drives one of them down, but the other one stays up, and then she falls down later. It, now, is that a big deal? No, it just... Like it comes off like there was some sort of error that took place there that you know we we just got to adjust ourselves to as fast as possible. And considering that Rara came behind her and essentially did the same spot, she did a high cross body, she got caught, but this time um, the twins dumped her. Considering that happened, it would not surprise me. I'm not saying that this was what took place, but it would not surprise me. If it was a case of, okay, we blew that spot with her, let's do it again. Somewhere in this match, Randy Rara's shoe comes off. So, but but give, let's give her some credit. The pro that she was, she kept that thing moving. She did not break stride. She lost her shoe, and she kept going. And that deserves some credit. It, does, it deserves some applause. Uh as she was uh, running around with her shoe off, I mean, she didn't do it too long. <clears throat> she does a cannonball on Lindsay in the in the corner, and again, I might be getting them mixed up, but just work with me. She gets does a cannonball on Lindsay in the corner, who's seated in the turnbuckle. Laura comes up and pops her with a double knee shot to the chest. You, some people we call it a cold breaker, but this isn't Chris Jericho. And she nails Rara. Now, Lana Starr is coming around towards uh, the hard camera side of the ring. And Campanelli sees her and cuts her off. Now, I don't know why Lana Starr was coming around there because her team was in control. But uh, Campanelli is sitting there yammering with Lana Starr. Meanwhile, Ariel Sky is hurt on the, on the apron. Campanelli is distracted. Sweet Heat sets Campanella, not Campanella, they set Rara up with a slingshot into a 
complete shot. And that was it. It was it was a nice tandem move, and they win, and they win with confidence. It wasn't a case of we skated by, it, by the skin of our teeth or something like that. They won, and they won with complete and utter confidence. And they looked like they were confident about it, which is how they should look. They look like a great heel team. And they they have probably been one of the, the highlights of WOW since they've been there. Uh, the Carlson Twins, Miami Sweet Heat. They're, they're one of the one of. I'm not gonna say they are the singular, but they're one of the highlights of that show. They've been consistent. Um uh, They've gotten more promo time. That they're, they're not as good as they could be, I, and I fully believe that. I still feel that they, amongst others, probably should be in some team elsewhere or be a team on somebody else's roster, I should say. Uh, I don't know if they ever will decide or if they ever will have the ambition to want to go to, say, an impact where they can go out to the tag titles or the ambition to go into the NWA where they can go out to the tag titles. I don't I don't perceive them going to WWE. It would, you know, if they do, then great, but I don't perceive that. But who knows? I mean, Nikita Lyons made it. Faith the Lioness, for those who remember her in a while, but how far she really advanced since being in NXT. She's just another face in the crowd. She probably, she, I'm sure she's still probably happy to be there because they pay better. <laughs> she doesn't have to do anything other than work with WWE. She ain't got to take some second job or try to push her music or be some fitness trainer or none of, none of that other stuff. So she just WWE now. So that's so that said, that's not to say that the Carlsons or anybody else can't get there. I, I just don't see that there would be a great fit for them right now. Uh, the match here was not a great match because it had what I would consider visible mess ups, but it's you know it, Sweet Heat and uh, <clears throat> their personas, along with Ra Ra and and to some degree Sky, did keep this thing on track. A uh, couple of other notes: Wow has never addressed the death of Peggy Lee Leather. AKA Thug. I really think that they should have done that by now, and I'm I'm legitimately disappointed that they have not brought it up. Peggy Lee Love has probably been, you know, most notable to their promotion rather than anything else. Because she never really had a big run in WCW or, or WWF or Easy to anything like that. This has been her biggest national platform. And that they haven't said anything or asked for a graphic to put be put up or just a mention or dropping it on their website. I mean, that, that is just disappointing. AJ Mendez is on an episode of Heels on Stars, a commercial that ran through WOW, by the way. And... No mention of that by WOW to promote one of their own. I understand the concept of whether they ain't paying me, we ain't talking about it, but come on. It, it does help you look like a bigger deal 
if you do things like that. The Gigi Gianni tag team experiment should be done. This, she's on her third tag team partner inside of less than a year. I believe that this should be over with. They should just move on. Gianni should just be her own person at this point. Just, just, just be done with that. Lana Star got a microphone after the match, but the TV audience didn't get the chance to hear what she said. This airs the following week. Just by the by. Uh, the episode in and of itself is like a C plus. It's not much happening, but it could be the launch of a few angles, and I say could be because I never know it well. Uh, but the thing that drove it up to a C plus for me is that this is the most importance I've seen on a championship ever in WoW. Over the 20 years, this is the most importance I've ever seen on any championship. Now, the championship happens to be the tag team championship, but this is the most importance I've seen put on a title in that company, period. Tonga Twins, Last Call, the Mother Truckers, you know, they pretty much have all declared that they're going for the top contendership so they can challenge for the titles. And then you add in Team Spirit, Miami Sweet Heat, which is sitting on top of that. And uh, I know there's one other team I'm forgetting about that that's in the running, I guess, for the tag team championships. But you get the point. The point is, is that they have attempted to make those titles mean something, that they're important, that they're worth going after, that they're worth wrestling for and putting their body on the line for. Um. So that the matches was one thing, but the fact that they actually got to a point was like, oh, okay, well, we there's there's something here. The title actually does mean something. That that added something for me. I've already said Miami Sweet Heat deserve show MVPs. I stand by that until I see something different. The mother truckers had the worst story in WoW. Hopefully. Them going after the tag titles can save them. But that storyline that they have for a while is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is absurd. It's stupid. And I know they're doing what they can to try to prop that storyline up. But, you know, I really wish somebody was backstage while that was being pitched to ask the question, why the fuck about the cuss? Why would they take their truck across country? Why are they being arrested? Why would they call Sofia Lopez? You know, asking questions like that could be the difference between the story of having some sort of logical outcome opposed to a story that just all over the page. And that was all over the page. They weren't, they were just trying to get a means to an end. They weren't looking to explain it. It's just, okay, well, they got to steal it so they have a reason to fight. And I really believe that. And I think, think somebody sat back there and thought this was cute, that this is the genius thing, and it'll get to the match. And that was about it. But this is dumb. It is a terrible angle. The only angles that WoW has had that is worse than this are the ones that got dropped. The ones that appeared one day and then, for no apparent reason, just vanished. You know, see, see Gigi Gianni's tag team partner run. You know, not 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 even that. I, 
I was gonna say CGGG and his first tattoo partner leaving because they they tried some little explanation for that, but I wouldn't even go so far as to say a story. The I will go back to the turn of Amber Rodriguez. It was an angle that started in the middle and ended in the middle. It didn't go anywhere. It had the one match and it was done. Ridiculous. Those are the only things that's worse than the, than the uh, Mother Trucker's storyline. And then the last note is this do whatever it takes to win mentality the coach has not gone anywhere. And at this stage, after most of this, I feel like it's never going anywhere. This is pointless dialogue. It's pointless. Why does she keep insisting to her babyface duo who clearly look like deers in headlights when she's talking that, hey, guys, we got to do anything it takes to win, anything it takes. Well, no one's done anything it takes. That hasn't happened. She's been preaching that motto for a while. Then they gave one little segment a couple of weeks ago, several weeks ago, that kind of hinted towards the idea that Randy Rara was getting kind of lured into the idea of, well, yeah, you know, I got to be honest with you, coach, doing whatever it takes felt good. They gave this little hint that she could be lured into heelish behavior. And then it went nowhere. Just fell off the face of the earth. Did not mean a thing. At this stage, there is no point in Coach Campanelli repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again about what they need to do, whatever it takes. When they don't do whatever it takes, they don't even attempt to do whatever it takes. If you're going to go ahead, if you if this team is going to go heal or start cheating, then just go ahead and start cheating. But stop talking about it. It's, it's just carrying on endlessly. WoW is terrible about that. I mean, it's bad enough that when they do angles, they have to wait for the angle to rotate back around. They have to wait weeks for whomever it is that was in an angle to come back around so they could talk about whatever it is that they got to talk about or address whatever it is that they need to address. But that's terrible in and of itself. It's worse when you have an angle that starts that you got to wait three or four weeks just to get some sort of next chapter on and then it doesn't go anywhere. It is the things like that that make this show difficult to watch at times but it's also the things like that that make me like I said with the Hong Kong deal that make me very certain that this is not for adults I mean if you watch it you'll catch a good match in there and I'm not saying that adults do not watch the show clearly they do what I am saying is that they that is not their aim Unless somebody gets up and says something to me differently, I do not see how this could possibly be their aim when they do things like this. When they have angles that, oh my God, I mean, and they try to put some kind of heat on the angle. You broke my son's tablet. 
When was the last time we seen Americana even bring that up? When when has she even attempted to get even with the heavy metal sisters? You broke my best friend's leg. She can't wrestle anymore. You broke my son's tablet. And she hasn't done anything. I'm like, how angry could you be? I, you know, I would think that you know, in a normal wrestling environment, she would have been on there the following week looking for them at least. She might have beat somebody up. She might have got beaten up, but it would have followed up the following week. Here, you got to wait like a month and hope that they remember to do it. So, yeah, the point of me saying all that is getting back to Campanelli. That, that whole shtick about whatever it takes is, is the same thing that I was saying with these other promos. It is rinse and repeat. It's not going anywhere, so they may as well just stop it. All in all, the show would have gotten less out of me had it not been for them driving the importance of the tag team championships up between those teams the Tongas last call Raina Del Rey and then Wrecking Ball and I'm not even sure if they use that officially as a name the Mother Truckers Team Spirit Las Benditas that, that was the other team I was like that they've been you know slotted in and made it public that they won the tag team championship those things right there drove up importance these four well these five teams these five teams are wanting to to be the champions of wow the tag team champions and it's the the first time that i can remember anybody wanting those belts as badly as that where to the point where it's like multiple teams going after them so i mean time will tell and i hope they keep this going i hope they actually do something with it but time will tell that is the review of what was that episode 46 episode 46 it is up and it is down uh, I hope that they are able to continue on and make something good happen from this but we will see and on that note before I drive myself up the wall with that I am going to say that this is the close of this review Thank you for tuning in, as always. And the reminder, you can go to WPNWrestling.com for any uh, connections or links that you may need to our social media or our channels or to a shop. You know, everything exists there. If you're doing it individually, go to the YouTube, subscribe. You can look us up at WPN Wrestling. Yeah, let's put that in, WPN Wrestling. And that should bring us up. If you go there, then subscribe, hit the bell notification so you can get reminders, and you can subscribe to our podcast on greater podcast platforms wherever you find your favorite podcast. So with that, I think we should close the book on this chapter until we get to the next week and see what they've done and see whether it upsets me or makes me happy. So... I will end with this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. 
If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.